These are the Keishi Tapes. You, Man, and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on Keishi, the longest-running rock station in the country. Welcome to the Keishi Tapes podcast. I'm John Hewlett, along with... Favaz. And we have an interview from, not somebody from the rock world, but somebody from the acting and comedy world, John Cleese. I love John Cleese. I love Monty Python, but uh, Faulty Towers. Do you remember that show? I don't. Seen? So that was on PBS, and uh, that was an offshoot of Monty Python, and John Cleese was the star, and that thing was hilarious. And I just remember as a young kid or maybe even teenager watching it. It was just yeah. super, super funny. And he's been in, in you know movies after that and, yeah. and everything. So. And of course, Monty Python. So yeah, I've mentioned that. Funny. I mentioned that. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. the most mm-hmm. famous stuff there. But yeah. A Fish Called Wanda yeah. is uh, uh-huh. is probably his biggest movie. And uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis was in that. And uh, Michael Palin, another guy from uh, Monty Python, was mm-hmm. there. So it was, it was a, that was a good movie, too. All right. When was this interview done? Uh, says uh, oh, 17. 2017. That's 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 you almost, guys. Almost six years. Almost six years ago. All right. Here we go. Hi, this is Lauren. I have John Cleese on the phone. Excellent. Very good. Mr. Cleese. Uh, that's the voice of Carl the intern, often uh, mistaken with the voice of a woman. Uh, <laughs> listeners would call numerous times, and he'd be talking to him on the phone, and they'd say, uh, yes, ma'am. Um, and we'd all just bust out laughing in the studio. It happened a lot. Hello? John, how are you? Well, I'm puzzled at the moment. Are you guys in St. Louis? We are in St. Louis, yes. My name is Carl, and I'm with the lovely Learn. Hello, Mr. Cleese. Hello, Learn. What an interesting name. (laughs) Why are you called Learn? Well, my real name is Lauren. It's a a nickname for Lauren. Oh, I see. I like Lauren. I think it's a nice nick. All right. And then you've got somebody there called John. Are they a girl, too? (laughs) <laughs> no, John has gone off to take care of his child. <laughs> oh, which child? Do you remember? I don't remember. 17, 2017. That was six years ago. It's probably Sophie. Probably Sophie, yeah. yeah. Oh, he has more interesting and important things to do than talk <laughs> to an aging passé. <laughs> oh, don't worry. He's one of those, too. <laughs> she got the dig yeah. in. Yeah. Really? He's joined the ranks of the elderly. He says now that he's in his 60s, he feels like he's elderly. Tell him I'm not interested. Wait till he's 78. (laughs) (laughs) Then he'll know what what, what it's about. So when am I... I Well, my my thinking is 0 to 30, young. Mm -hmm. 30 to 60, 60, just before 60, 59 and 364 days. Yeah. Middle age, 60 and up, elderly. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, well, you're going to be here in November at the Peabody Opera House. Uh-huh. I oh. want to say that it is an It's called opera. Peabody. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's called Stiefel now. And I feel it's a privilege to talk to you. It is. Well, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> it is. I'm very glad you realized that because if you haven't realized it yet, on your deathbed, this moment will flash before your eyes. <laughs> Having given your life a meaning that otherwise was not there. Awesome. I appreciate that. You've done tours, like your last tour a couple of years ago was the alimony tour to pay off an ex-wife. Why are you touring? <laughs> That's, That's a good one. This time. Well, uh, I, I need this money stuff because apparently you exchange it for food and housing <laughs> and clothing and that kind of stuff. <laughs> and that need does not go away just because you paid off your divorce. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, um, I've had mortgages still to pay off. So uh, I'm very happy. If I have to earn money, this is the nicest possible way to do it. And I mean that because I have lovely fans 
And this sounds like uh, show business bullshit, but it isn't. <laughs> they've not only got a lovely sense of humor, but they're kind of, they're kind people. They're nice, they're friendly. And because I've made them laugh, they feel affection towards me. I think if anybody makes you laugh, you feel affection towards them, even if like W.C. Fields or Basil Fawlty, they're awful. That's why some ugly guys get beautiful women, because they're funny. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They, he makes her laugh. That's true. Characters, Got game, you know? John. Got game. So the, the, there's a great pleasure in doing these shows, and the fact that I get paid for them is, is almost a bonus. The tiring part is the traveling and then doing all the photographs after the show. But apart from that, it's a joy. Speaking of Basil Fawlty, I have a 14-year-old daughter, and I'm trying to introduce so, her to the... He's talking about Fawlty Towers. Basil Fawlty was his character in Faulty Towers. Oh. So now Carl's going to go on, go off on that. Okay. okay. Classics. And there's only certain things of Monty Python that I can show her, but I can show her Faulty Towers. What is the best way you think I should ease her in to your genre? Well, I think you'll just have to wait until she's being depraved and corrupted by the society <laughs> we live in. I don't think it'll take very long, will it? No. <laughs> it won't take very long, will it? <laughs> He's awesome. Yeah. Well, I can show her, like, Dead Parrot. I can show her Argument Clinic. But I can't show her, besides Holy Grail, I can't really show her any of the movies because they're a little more adult than I would like her to see. I see. You mean the sexual stuff? Yeah. I don't don't want to watch. I want to see these experiences with my daughter. But you having sex as a teacher in Meaning of Life would make me and her uncomfortable. Well, I couldn't agree more. I think Meaning of Life is a disgraceful film that should never have been made. (laughs) It's appalling, and the fact that people go and are entertained by it, I think, is a is, is confirmation of just how corrupt our society's become. You know what? I I don't think this. Well, maybe it did air. I was going to say I don't think this interview aired. If it did air, it was severely edited. That was so the other. Uh, this, yeah, you're hearing something here that's never been aired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think if you take Life of Brian, I don't think there's anything very sexual. Well, there's a bit of nudity, but it's very harmless, and there's nothing sexual in it. And I think that's a very good one because it's not anti-religion, but it just points out that some people follow religions in ways that the founder of the religion would not recognize as their own. True, except, and you're right, except for Graham being full frontal naked, that's very child-friendly. Yeah, well, that's nakedness, but nothing to do with sex. True. Anatomy. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a very good film, and it makes people think a little bit about mm-hmm. religion, because the fact is that uh, <laughs> sometimes I hear varieties of Christianity that seem to have very little to do with <laughs> Christ. I mean, I was reading recently about prosperity, Christianity. I mean, the idea that that uh, Jesus said to people, "Well, you you should spend a lot of time making as much money as possible," is so ludicrous. Yes, that uh, you kind of astounded that any minister could produce this heresy without being laughed at. Mr. Cleese, come- yeah, it is astounding. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Very much. And as they say, there's a fool born every day. So a lot mm-hmm. of people get fooled by that yeah. stuff. Yeah. As Michael Stanley said, um, the Lord uses the good ones and the bad ones use the Lord. Oh. Years ago, you released your autobiography, So Anyway. And my husband has it in his queue on Audible where you narrate the book. Should he listen uh, to you tell the story to him or should he pick it up and read it himself? That's a very good question. The answer is he should listen to it. 
because people who listen to it, all of them, even if they love the book, they like it better than they hear it done in my in my tone of voice. I would agree with that 100%. I've never listened to a book. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of books you wouldn't care because they're not written by somebody who has this type of, right. of history. But, but I would listen, yeah. Yeah, I, I, would, I would listen to him read yeah, his book to me. Sure. Yeah. There's a very good reason for this, which is that as a professional comedian, my timing and inflections are pretty good. Yes. And people reading it to themselves are unlikely to have uh, inflections and timing that's as good as mine. I read Stephen Colbert's book. Yeah. And I was laughing reading it, mm -hmm. but if I would be listening to him read it the way he it? delivers oh, it, it would have been man. so much better. It would have been funny. Yeah. Right. So when I read it, It'll be funnier than the book. That's what everyone says. That's what I say. I just won a lovely award. I can never remember what these awards are in New York. It was an international award with 30-odd countries. And, and uh, the audio book of So Anyway got the gold prize. And I was really proud about it because I do think it's one of the three or four best things I've ever done, along with Fish Called Wander and Python and Forty Towers. With St. Louis and Kevin Klein. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot that Saint, that Kevin Klein mm -hmm. was in that movie. He was great, too. Yeah. Then yeah. again, then the next time you worked with him, you said it was one of the worst pieces of <laughs> you've ever done. Well, I sometimes am in a bad mood. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I try not to bore people, so sometimes I say very silly things. Well, okay, so you've been in major franchises in the later part of your career. You've been in the Shrek movies, James Bond, the Harry Potter movies. But not for long. Not for long. Just two Harry Potter movies. Yes, that's, that's uh, what pisses which I me was off. On, yeah, well, it just pissed me off. I thought I had a nice cushy number there. But after number two, they explained to me, which is absolutely true. I'm trying to think of him in Shrek. I don't know which voice he did. Yeah. Hmm. But um, <clears throat> Nearly Headless Nick is never anything to do with the plot. And in movies, it's always got to be about the plot. It's always about the story. Is, it, is this advancing the story or isn't it? So altogether, I've been in two Harry Potter movies, but added together for less than 60 seconds which I don't think is ever going to sort of get me a, an Oscar nomination. Um, so far as, uh, as the Bond goes, it was one of the nicest experiences of my life. But again, it was four days' work spread over four years. So one day every 365 <laughs> days does not dominate your life, you know? Well, that's what I was saying. Sometimes you're the biggest star in these movies, and it, I feel that they're taking advantage of you by putting you in these... Well, I think that's right. You know, they've got a, a rubbish bomb like uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan, for example. It's just dreadful. <laughs> uh, it's not a credible bond at all. But they think Carl's asking some good questions yeah, here. And, yeah, and John Cleese was in Shrek 2. Oh. And I've seen, I think I've seen Shrek 2, but I don't remember it. He yeah. was the yeah. king. Oh, I mean, he was right. the king. Okay. Well, <clears throat> now that we've made a mistake and cast this, how are we going to get uh, people into the cinema? And uh, and they they say, well, obviously, Cleese has got to play Q. <laughs> I'd like to give you the inside story here. We love Thank it. Thank you. I was saying, because in the fifth Harry Potter book, Harry Potter and Nearly Headless Nick have an amazing scene together right after Sirius Black dies. And I, once you did the first two movies, I'm like, John Cleese is going to have an amazing scene. And then by then, they'd already written you out of that. And I thought that was crap. Oh, good for you. I like you very much. <laughs>
Well, something that I, I don't think you get enough credit for, and it was, again, another small role. I very seldom do get enough credit. I mean, I was so much the most talented on Monty Python, you know. I basically carried those five guys, you know, for several years. And people never say thank you, John, for making it all possible. They really think that people like Palin contributed in the amazing work. Well, I would like he to thank great. you for... Yeah, he was great. He was funny. Yeah role as Lucy Liu's father in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with Drew working with that movie? Yes, I can. It was very, very good fun. Um, I can't remember the director's name. He was quite young. So that's that's McGee. Sort of, I liked him. He had masses, masses of enthusiasm. And when they asked me about being Lucy Liu's father, I sort of said, well, um, <laughs> we don't look a lot like each other, and there's a bit Yeah, Lucy, height. yeah, she's Asian. <laughs> yeah, what am yeah. I thinking? Yeah. yeah. And he said, don't worry, we'll have a photograph of you with a Chinese lady on the mantelpiece. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an extraordinarily enjoyable experience. I liked Lucy Liu. I thought she was very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Quite, what, what's, what's the word? Um... Low key in a in a very smart way. Nice. I loved it. When the young director wrote the last scene, he wrote it overnight. And when I arrived on the set, he said, "Read this." And um, I read it. He said, "What do you think?" I said, "I think it's slightly disgusting and terribly funny." <laughs> and so I had to good combination. Yes, very good. Burn the lines there on the spur of the moment, and I thought that was the best scene in the movie. The one that was full of. Single entendres as well as double entendres. Mm -hmm. It was great. Yeah, I was talking to Learn about this, and I said, John Cleese, Monty Python, he's legendary. And mm -hmm. she's like, oh, that's the guy from Full Throttle. <laughs> that is what I know you best from, as I have seen Monty Python. But I don't love them as much as my husband, and I don't mean to uh, offend you. It's just how I've I never seen Full Throttle. I haven't either. I don't, what so, is it? There you go. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's a movie. I don't yeah. know. Are you amazed how people know you different ways? Oh, no. It's, it's, I've got used to it now. I mean, the extraordinary thing for me is that I'm now recognized by kids by my voice because they recognize me from Shrek. Right. They've no idea what I look like. <laughs> they hear my voice and they say, Shrek King. Aww. So uh, lots of people know me from different things. I mean, you know, I wrote that 14-volume uh, History of the Assyrian Empire. Now, very few people have actually <laughs> read that. And leaders. Uh, or despite the fact. <laughs> what did Carl say? I don't know. He made him laugh. Yeah. Yeah, but it is, it is funny. People, for example, who read the autobiography think of me quite differently from people who've only seen Monty Python. So naturally, each time, you're only showing a part of yourself. Otherwise, it would just be you, and that would be boring. Well, John Cleese is coming to St. Louis at the Peabody Opera House November 16th, Thursday night. Did you know that Lady Gaga is performing next door that same night? Now, this is, this is Lady who? Lady Gaga, the singer. She, she's Gaga, is she? Yes. Because <laughs> Gaga in English, English means very doddery and old and having no idea what's going on. <laughs> So, so what what does what does this Gaga lady do? Lady Gaga, uh, the pop singer, she'll be performing next door to the venue you're performing at. Oh, ask your grandkids what popular popular music. Mm, yes. <laughs>
<laughs> yes, I sing quite a lot of unpopular music. So have we. Are you going to sing at the show? What are you going to do at the show? I'm just going to show the uh, movie and then <laughs> answer questions, and it doesn't matter what the questions are. They could be silly or rude. We have, I promise you, we have a really lovely time because they have the nicest fans in the world. There's tremendous affection when I come out on stage. That relaxes me, and I sometimes become the funniest that I've ever been on stage just because... <laughs> Comedy so much to do with relaxation, mm -hmm. and you're less funny if you're a little bit anxious with the audience, you know? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. He's right about that. Just like in golf, John, you have to relax. Well, like golf, yeah, yeah anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, just being on doing radio and stuff, you know, if you're mm -hmm. uptight and you're, you're, right. you're, your mind doesn't, you know, mm -hmm. just flow, and that's what mm -hmm. he's talking about, that natural, easy flow that you get if you're relaxed. Well, we're I always am... loose in these uh, podcasts because uh, mainly we don't care. So. Right, right, yeah. yes, yes. One more question. And we fall short usually when it comes to humor. Before we let you go, sir. Guys, we are actually out of time. Oh. No, don't let her have the one. I've got a break coming up. Go okay. on. Have oh, wow. Oh, he's he overruled. Because he's enjoying this interview. Wow, good. Yeah. Your questioning. The last, last question. Manipulative. <laughs> a friend of ours hears this story about you, and he needs to know if it's true. You were in New York walking by. A man came up to you and said, Mr. Cleese, you're my all-time hero, and I love you. I just want to thank you. You turned around to him, insulted him, saying he was wasting his life. Everything you heard about him was a lie, and you hated him. He should look at his life differently. And then you turned around and did a silly walk, and that made that guy's day. Is that a true story? No, it's completely invented. It's definitely fake news. <laughs> Mind you, people, I do often send people up because when people are telling me how wonderful I am, I really don't know what to say. You see, if you want to imagine somebody comes up and says, oh, you're so wonderful. So I normally say, I know, or uh, thank you for noticing, or I say you have excellent taste. I said that to someone in L.A. about three days ago. <laughs> Absolutely no idea what I was talking about. He came up and said I was a big fan. I said, you have excellent taste. And he looked completely blank and walked off. But it's so much, you know, I could just be nice and say thank you. Oh, that's very sweet. But I try and have a bit of fun because it's more fun for me as well as for them if it works. And it probably happens all the time, Phil. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. Excellent. We'll see you in town here in St. Louis, November 16th, Thursday night, Peabody Opera House. Thank you, John Cleese, the legendary John Cleese, for being on KC Radio. Thank you. It's Thank you, ma'am. Been fun being legendary. <laughs> All right, that was good. Yeah, that, that was nice interview, Carl and Learn. And uh, I obviously would have been there, but I had to go take care of. Oh, you would have ruined me. it, man. I'm glad you weren't there. Well, you're probably right about that. <laughs> I would ask some dumb questions because I mean I know of him, and I, I saw Monty Python back in the day, and I loved that stuff. Mm -hmm. But from that point on, I really had had no. Well, well, Carl, Carl knows everything about everything. Oh, he's amazing. So, yeah. He's amazing. I missed that yeah. about Carl. He's, yeah. He knew a, a lot, well, knew, knows a lot about uh, a little, just about everything. Mm -hmm. he, but yet he's, uh, he's uh, irritating and, uh, <laughs> and can be, and can be a pain in the ass. Yes. But I love him. All right. Yes, we do. All right, I'm John Hewlett, and you can follow me on Twitter at STLU Man, Instagram. I'm Johnny Hewlett. Hey, Instagram, Casey Guy, AMF. Bye. The Casey Tapes with You Man and Favaz. For more on the history of Casey, go to Casey95.com or the Casey mobile app.